Hey guys, welcome to Let Me Talk Podcast, episode three. I'm super stoked to have our guest on this week. Rebecca Ann Bentley is an actor, writer, and director. And for this past eight or so months in lockdown, we have been collaborating on so many projects. So let's get into this episode to find out more about this boss lady's journey. Hey, Beck, welcome to the Let Me Talk Podcast. I'm so happy to have you today on here. Um, you are one of my closest friends now, I guess. We have done a few projects together, so I'm just excited for more people to get to know you and your journey. Um, with- I'm very excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to like get into this. So on this podcast, we tend to do a rapid fire at the beginning and with my other guests, I have done rapid fire. So are you keen on doing a rapid fire with me just to break the ice a little bit? Heck yeah, let's do it. Awesome. So our first question is what actor do you admire the most and why? Oh God, that's such a tough one. Um, it's I really admired this girl named Quinn Shepard because as well as being an actor, she's also a director and writer and she made her first feature film, which got released when she was like 20 and like she used her college fund to make it. So I think just that determination is amazing. Yeah, wow, that's so awesome. Like, Yeah, because her investors um, dropped out like last minute, like the day before they were shooting, so she had no choice. That's amazing, like just to be able to do that from, like to be able to find a positive from what would have been a negative situation for her. To yeah, I was amazing and at Tribeca and everything. So she did very well with that film. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Well, that, that was quick. You did that pretty quickly, actually. Some people have had like longer times to like think about it. But you did that pretty quickly. I'm impressed. Well, there's just so many actors that are just so amazing. And I admire, but like she's probably from like both a filmmaking point of view that I also admire. So I just adore her. Okay, next question. Comedy or drama? In the terms of like watching and then also like um, being a part of? Oh, it changes. I love a good comedy, but I also love a really intense drama. Um, I mean, I lean more towards making dramas. So both in different aspects. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds fair. Most people have said drama anyway. So you're on the drama train. I'm trying to find someone that says comedy, but I haven't got, got that far yet. <laughs> oh. um, TV or film? Oh, gosh. Um, I guess that's like a watching um, point of view too. So like. Yeah. I mean, I tend to, I love TV shows and following the character, but I tend to fall behind on so many. So I'm going to have to say film. Yeah. Nice. Indie or blockbuster? Oh, it depends on the film, honestly. I love (laughs) a good blockbuster, big budget film with all the actors that I love, but also there's just some amazing indie films out there. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, I've said this before in a previous episode, but I feel like Australians kind of gravitate to the indie film side of things just because we have to do a lot of our things that we write and we produce as literally as an indie because it's, you know what I mean? You have to, there's, it's harder to get that blockbuster Australian film, but it's not impossible. It's just like for up, up, up and coming artists, it's more like the indie route that they that they go down. Oh, definitely. Awesome. And the last question is, when are you most inspired? God, uh, late at night. I'm most inspired or when it's really stormy. And when I lived in Canada for a bit, when it was like snowing, I was so inspired. Yeah, nice. Yeah, l- late at night is actually kind of 
the same with me. I, I don't do much during the day because I'm more inspired at night. Like I just, I just stay up. Yeah. I get all my energy at night. It's yeah. so bizarre, or at least, you know, a little bit more than usual. So yeah, I would say late at night. There's nothing like a good late night writing session. And also you have more time to think at night. I think you have more time to yourself at night where you can just be with um, your thoughts and your ideas. Whereas during the day, your mind is like kind of constantly like on the run a little bit. Oh, yeah, Especially if you've got work or, you know, people messaging, you're just like, your mind goes everywhere. At night, most people are asleep. So you can kind of just relax and just do your own thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, though, all those answers are awesome. And that kind of opened me up a little bit to some things that I didn't know about you. So that's exciting. So basically, we kind of just want to start and get to know you and how, how did you know you wanted to be an actor, first of all? I saw my sibling in a play when I was really young, um, because they did it to kind of like get extracurricular activities and kind of, they were very shy. So I kind of saw that and I thought, oh, that would be fun. So I gave it a go and I kind of uh, got hooked and my first role was a little ensemble member in a little small production of West Side Story. Yeah, nice. And then did you, how did you, I guess, how did you then progress further from that to um, joining in on like um, doing film and TV and kind of moving away from theatre? How did you progress? Did you find a school or like how did that go how did that path go for you it was kind of like a mixture like I kind of I did some like training um film training I still did theater because I, as an actor like some people just do film but I feel like theater is a really good step as well to do um so I kind of just did training and I started to do short films and it kind of just progressed from there um so I yeah. guess training short answer what was your first training experience like in like an actual school like I know we've we've been around TAFTA for a while together but I've never really I never really met you there so I was TAFTA kind of your first uh, thing with like actual in-class training? No not really I found this uh, tape ages ago I really hope I'd ever find it again because it's so embarrassing but um, and I can't remember the name but it was this place in Perth where basically it's like a three or four day course where you can basically like, um, you just, it's like a, how do I explain, like one of those short acting courses and at the end they film the scene. Oh yeah. So kind of create one. And it was just, that was in like 2013 or 2014. And I just remember looking back at it like a couple of years ago and being like, wow, that was awful acting. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I feel like, like with everyone, though, like we always see our first thing as being like awful, but yeah. Yeah, no, but I, you know, progress from there. But I just remember it being like, that was absolutely awful. And they, like, I think I did a couple more over there and it was like the same kind of thing where they film things and you can do like showreel stuff with them. Um, but yeah, so I would say Tafter, definitely I improved by Tafter time in 2015. Yeah. And is that kind of where you found um, your community? Like, the pe- like people that you could rely on to kind of collaborate with you and be there uh, or not, not really? really no not really I didn't I didn't find that in uh, my course I just felt like I didn't really fit in um as much in my one like I mainly met like I had a group like through friends or like other onset experiences where I met people and so I kind of started to build a community it's kind of completely shifted so much like I still um have 
like a friend from like ages ago from that same like kind of projecty area but like it's kind of just shifted like I still know some people from the same things but I would say just actually being on other sets is how I kind of build my community yeah for sure and I feel like even back in the day like when we first did our short film together like the one that I wrote and stuff wings and I honestly didn't even find you through TAFTA which was surprising because I usually yeah. found most of my people through TAFTA like actors and stuff but you were literally the only per- normal person on star now that like actually <laughs> actually could actually do it well and wasn't oh, God. a lot of people yeah. I found that was creepy on star now no. and then when we figured out later down the track which was only like recently that we actually we actually um didn't meet through TAFTA we met through like Star Now which was so weird but yeah, like I think I always knew that but um you you didn't and I was just like yeah girl I was in your first like kind yeah. of film I knew that you were in my film for sure I just forgot that we met through Star Now not TAFTA yeah, because no it's that's so confusing with you know everyone you know all the people that are from TAFTA and then you just mix it together and it's like whoa did I meet that person yeah. there exactly but, yeah. Um, so I know that like a lot of actors and, you know, um, creators, they often have like struggles in the industry. At least I know for myself, there were kind of a lot of things that I struggled with um, confidence wise and just, um, you know, insecurities once you get to the point of like a professional thinking like this is how this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do for real versus like when you're younger and you're just doing it and you're more free because you don't have the pressures. But did you have any like struggles within even your beginnings to like now, even like, do you still struggle with um, some things personally and like with other people, have you had interactions that kind of, you kind of think to yourself, like, is this industry right for me? Like, do I really fit in here? Yeah. I mean, I think, I've like struggled so much with like self-esteem and like I compare I've compared myself so much to other people like if I wasn't getting auditions and this person was I'd be like why is it because they're prettier than me do they have a better look and then when I was living in Canada um for a bit and this is when I was mainly focused on acting I was like going to auditions all the time but I remember just always having this doubt in the back of my head no matter like you know there were stages where I got callbacks and I'd still be like no I'm 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 terrible for this I'm awful for this why they're not going to cast me they're never going to and just having this doubt at the back of my head and I remember like had this huge audition and it was like just after I signed with um my agent over there and it was like this huge role actually you could probably say what it is it's for um for like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina I auditioned for Sabrina and I did an in-person audition. I just remember thinking I did so horribly and I was walking down the street after that audition just sobbing because I was like, that was awful. I mean, it obviously, you know, obviously I didn't get it and it wasn't awful, but I just remember having so many moments like that where I just doubt myself and I'm a perfectionist. So if I do one small thing wrong, which I'm trying to work on overall, way I just kind of go oh well you're a failure so I think <laughs> short self-esteem and thinking I'm a failure when I screw up like even a tiny bit yeah for sure and like speaking of like Canada what was did you have um interactions with people being a lot 
more competitive than perhaps actors in Australia? Like what were your interactions over there versus what your interactions with other actors down here are like? Like what's the, what was the difference? Like the main difference? Well, actually a lot of the actors that I met in Canada were a lot more supportive and nice, which is very, very bizarre because we're all kind of going for the same um, roles. But a lot of them were nice. There was only a couple that were a bit like weirder and a bit competitive and like, you know, but it was a different kind of vibe for sure. Like, I feel like it was a lot more like, obviously everyone wanted the role. And like, if I saw one of my friends in the audition room, we'd all be like, oh, well, I hope you get it. But also I hope I get it first kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> So like I would say it's kind of how it is, right? That's a kind of how how it like rolls. But at the same time, like if me and you, for instance, we we probably wouldn't go up for the same roles necessarily. But if if it was like an open casting, open ethnicity for like our ages, then we probably would see each other in the casting room. But I just wouldn't necessarily be competing against you because we're totally different people and we look totally different. So. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not really, com- you know what I mean? I feel like I know, it's, uh, it's a bit more of a desperation a little bit, like not offending everyone, but like some, yeah, no, definitely. some waiting rooms like, that I've been down here, in down here, like waiting to be called into the like casting office is kind of like, you kind of just want to shut off. Like you kind of just want to do your own thing because people just like try yeah. to put you off. Even if it's a commercial audition, like I've had people try to put me off in commercial auditions and it's kind of sad like it's a sad situation thing to do over here because I didn't really have that kind of experience over in Canada like no matter what it was like I freaked myself out because I saw someone else from the same agent I have because over there like it's very similar to like America where they have like managers and like a certain manager throughout the company it was like that in the agency I had one agent and I saw somebody that was like you know, had a lot of stuff behind her and it was a very small role, but she was in a callback room, but she was like, you know, lovely. And like, we didn't actually talk or anything, but I psyched myself out. And I feel like it's because of like the competitiveness that we're all taught here. We're all, I feel like it's just more of an Australian thing to be more competitive when you shouldn't have to be that competitive because if they like you, they're going to pick you, whether your friends go for the role or not. Exactly. And there's so so many other things that go into into it now. And you'd probably know that now being more behind the camera which is kind of what I kind of want to talk about because I know that that's um where you're heading towards in your career and I just kind of wanted to know like why why did you want to steer in the behind the camera direction versus um continuing with like in front of the camera I mean well look I've written since I was really young and I have a lot of stories to tell um and the only way I can kind of I feel like I can tell them is by writing them and like creating them or having someone else create them. And then like, I have a lot of like chronic illnesses currently. Um, so it kind of takes a lot of my energy. So yeah. obviously you need so much energy to just constantly be able to learn lines quickly to do acting. And I'm like, just not in a point where I have that kind of energy. And it's just one of those things that like, you know, I love acting but I'm not as in love with acting as I once was. And it was one of those, it's one of those industries where you have to be absolutely in love and so dedicated to it that nothing will like kind of change your mind on it or that you can handle like the rejection. And because I'm not as 
in love with it anymore. It's like, I don't, I was finding myself not getting that excited for auditions anymore. I was like, even if it was like a big role, I'd be like, oh, okay. But I mean, I suppose, like, I love directing. I love being able to have other people bring the stuff to life. So I guess in that ramble, it comes down to a lot of things, but I guess essentially chronic illnesses. And I kind of just, I want to be able to share my stories, which you can do in acting, but not as much. You don't have, you don't have as much freedom. Yeah. And control. An actor, I guess, because you don't have that. Um, if you're, if you're not, if you're choosing to just be an actor and purely focus on that, which is like, for sure, there's so many people that are still doing that out there, but so many people now that have, have learned that they need to make their own content because there's not as many opportunities, especially like being in Australia. Like if you want to do this and you want to get yourself out there, like creating your own content is like the way to go to start and to just put something out there is a big achievement. But Absolutely. yeah, like yeah. it'd be like, this is yeah. would push you to really like, you know, think about if you had the stamina and, you know, if you were ready prior to the chronic illnesses thinking about you know maybe not having the same passion as you once did for acting then there's no shame in actually like admitting that and moving forward because I feel like so many people don't admit that and and then they're just kind of on with other people and you know I've gotten myself caught up in that a little bit too with um just being on the journey with other people and not really focusing on what I want to do so yeah. for some time I was just doing acting and then, you know, one day I was like, all right, like I need it. I need, I need not necessarily something else completely in a different industry, but I need to um, find other avenues. Yeah, to definitely. Fuel my kind of creative. Yeah. And it's creative like, like ventures and just acting. It wasn't, it wasn't going as fast as I wanted it to. So like, film school was the answer for me but yeah if you've been writing since a little like a little girl it just you know it it makes sense that this would still be a big passion of yours yeah and it it's like one of those things that you know if you don't like love something as much as you should you you shouldn't be doing it or you should at least take a break and like that's not to say I won't ever go back to acting because I did for a little bit after taking a break you know, and I was in this amazing play and that's kind of what got my love for acting kind of back. But it's still like that whole, you know, right now I think I need to just take a break for my health reasons. And also maybe, you know, one day I'll find my love for it again. But I'm sick of kind of being like told, oh, if if you don't do it now, you're never going to make it again. And it's like, well, I want to just do, you know, writing and directing and some producing. I don't want to, you know, still be an actor right now it's not what I'm calling myself and just you know the fact that some people try and make you feel shame about that or trying to you know you yourself yeah. as an actor also do writing they're like you can't do both and it's like who says who says yeah, I can't do it's that that's the stigma down here especially but that as what I find is you have to say you're one thing and you can't say that you're like multiple things because like the tall poppy syndrome in Australia is massive and you know, it's, it's hard to say like, Hey, like I'm a actor, writer, producer, or like I'm a writer, producer, director, anything like that without getting a few, like, um, you know, how do you manage that? 
yeah is that really a job you know and it's it's kind of sad and that's why you cling so closely to the people that are like-minded here because they're the people that are going to boost you and that are going to inspire you but talking about being a director who's kind of like who do you look to for inspiration behind the camera or I gotta say uh, Greta Gerwig and I hope I said her name right I absolutely adore her um, yeah. Quinn Shepard again um, she's mainly doing writing right now it's just kind of it's all these different people it's like a real mix of yeah, a lot sure. kind of people and like I love stories and messages because that's obviously what my feature film is about that we'll yeah do you want to talk a bit about your feature film yeah. like how well, are people <laughs> it's like about violence against men and we were supposed to finish filming in March but then the first lockdown happened so we kind of got stuck in this place and then we we're supposed to go back in July dash August and then we got stuck again and we we're supposed to wrap it up this month but just everything with craziness happening people's availability and then the camera had like a spill on like the day that we did this finally shoot yeah, yeah sure. and what what was your like inspiration or um kind of thought to do a film on like violence against men because it's not really like a popular opinion or yeah uh, like spoken about a lot it's more violence against women so is, is that one of the reasons like you just wanted to know that you wanted people to know that men also do get abused oh definitely like it I started writing it when I first moved um, to Melbourne and I had a friend suggest um, that I, because I was originally writing it about like, you know, a woman being abused by a man. So typical. Um, mm-hmm. That's how I had the idea to write it kind of thing. Um, and then a friend was like, oh no, why don't you write it where it's a man being abused by a woman? Because that never gets talked about. And so I just kind of, it started as a short. It had a few disasters as a short, so it never ended up being made. And then a friend suggested, why don't you make it into a feature? Like, why don't you do it? So I kind of just took all the kind of thoughts of what had happened and I've been abused. So I kind of took some things that I've been through and just made it like 10 times more dramatic because that's what you've got to do, even though some of the stuff was kind of relevant. I just made it even bigger. And yeah, I of course. Of, yeah, kept writing it into I was kind of really happy with it. And then we just kind of found a good producer um and another one came on board later on and then we found cast and we just started shooting and my cast and crew are amazing so shout out if you guys listen to this Um, (laughs) yeah and like the collaboration is everything do you know people underestimate the power of collaboration and i underestimated it too because there's so many people that like i collaborated with that you know um didn't have the same kind of energy like our energy didn't vibe and that that that's like you you're gonna get that you know you're gonna find your energy don't vibe with people but I feel like talking about like your production company and and what you've achieved so far like I only you know I only felt kind of like I needed to like contact you and you know um create this collaboration and like yeah we've you know yeah and it was it was funny. a lot through that it's journey. Like, yeah because it, it's funny and um sorry to interrupt you there but like when before you were messaging me like about like um doing uh something to do with epilepsy um mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know i have epilepsy too 
yeah. like people who wear epilepsy train join us yeah. <laughs> um but i was literally thinking about doing something to do with epilepsy and then you messaged me and i was like whoa i was thinking about messaging you so it was kind of like a weird honestly train of, yeah it's I was how like, things happen like people vibe and yeah. just meant to be and i feel like since we vibed like we've done we've done what have we done we've honestly done the um suicide awareness like the suicide awareness short film it locked in we've got like a really i I feel really comfortable with that draft of the pilot script and we're working on a web series like it's just and we combining both our production companies which is what i love for like the um web series because then we both kind of you know get to work on it yeah and even like if we even if we didn't like even if it was just your production company on it like i'd be twice as three times like even more proud you know what i mean i'm still proud but like it doesn't you know collaboration also means like giving and then taking like you you don't just take 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 and don't give to other to the other person that you're collaborating with and you know i like i i'm in love with the stuff that we've made like this is the first time in like my you know my career my career behind the camera that i've actually like loved what we've done yeah like and and being really proud of what i've done like there's obviously stuff that i've done in school like in film school and stuff that i'm proud of but i just feel like this hits on a whole different level oh, i know like i haven't done like a directed a comedy like ever and so I was just like, heck yes, let's, you know, let's do it. Let's branch out. And it was just such, such a different kind of like set. Like all my sets have been really great. I've been very fortunate that as a director, I've worked with some amazing people and like everyone I worked with has been great, but it was just such a different vibe doing a comedy instead of like a drama or where something dramatic happens or something horrible, you know, yeah. and I think it was like, it was like. And those vibes, yeah. like that's oh. not to say that those vibes aren't amazing. Cause when you get when you get that really amazing like dramatic piece and the writing's phenomenal and like it's all like it's just that that vibe is like you you um it's all silent you know it's kind of like you're performing everything in the background is kind of silent yeah yeah, that happened on my feature there's um one scene and it's like where it's like towards the end of the script and he has to like you know I can't reveal too much obviously but he has a conversation with his mom and like after like I yelled cut it was just like silent and I just looked to my producer and we were both and like everyone else was kind of quiet too we were both like just like pretty much crying because it was just so like magical and like that's not to say my writing was you know is amazing but it's like that hey don't don't sit here and doubt yourself that is the tall poppy syndrome coming out don't doubt yourself like i mean it all comes down to the actor you know and you know i gave some direction for that kind of thing before we started but it's also like you know we got very lucky and fortunate with our lead actor and it's like seeing that kind of come to life and i was just thinking oh my god this is such a beautiful scene even though like, you know, it's not a beautiful scene in a sense where it's like, oh, it's so happy. It's yeah. Like, it's just going to leave audiences being like, holy shit kind of thing. And that had happened. Yeah. And that's the moments that you live for as, as like a crew person, like whether you're a director, writer, producer, whoever you are on the set as a crew member, those are the moments you live for and that you want to see the actor do because, you know, you're putting in so much time and effort to set up set up the production um 
for the duration of the time and you're putting a lot of yourself in it. So you want the actor to put like just as much effort as you are in it and to really, you know, delve deep into the connections with the other actors and the story. And that's probably what draws you into doing behind the camera stuff too, because your writing will come to life and you have such a freedom as a director as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I love it. And I love being able to, especially, you know, share stories with messages and especially this kind of topic, like violence against men. It's something that it, it doesn't get talked about as much, you yeah. know, like there's facts at the end that I wrote in the script and I'm not sure if I'm going to have all of them um, in it, but it just kind of, it makes people really think about the kind of things that happen. And there's, there's not that much like it out there. Like there's no real films about yeah. men. I mean, I haven't really seen much, honestly. Like, I've only been really exposed to, like, violence against women. Like, I've never been exposed to violence against men in any in any form, necessarily. Like, even if it's not in, um, like, film or TV, I've never had someone in my life that's a man that's been, like, physically abused or ver- verbally yeah. abused by their partner or, you know, but a lot of men don't speak about that too. So there could be someone in my life that's a man, that's a male, that's a boy or whatever and has been abused and I just and I just wouldn't know. Yeah, absolutely. And that was uh, the thing when we were doing, you know, interviews and crowdfunding and stuff and people were like, yeah, I've, I've been in this kind of situation before. And it's like, it, it's out there. It's just doesn't get talked about. And like, you know, the things that kind of happen in, you know, in the film, Uh, without obviously revealing too much at all are things that are like relevant to society and like how people think and how the police reacts and how all this other stuff happens and it just it just kind of like and it's like something I'm so proud of what we've done already because it just needs it needs to be spoken about and like I see a lot of people being like oh yeah I'm a I'm a feminist and I speak for all rights and I'm like well then what about men you never talk about men you never are like, men can cry, men can do this. And it's like, you have to be on both sides. Yeah, and you have to, and you have to, you have to be open to talking about both sides because both sides are just as relevant and important as each other. Like a, a, a woman isn't um, any less important than a man. Do you know what I mean? And a man is, you know, they're both just as important as each other. Yeah. So... Anybody can be abused, whether, you know, whatever their gender, whether they're non-identifying, like it, it doesn't exactly. matter. It just matters that the person's being abused and like we should, you know, acknowledge that rather than just having all this focus on violence against women. And I know it probably happens more, but that's just because we don't hear from men that get abused. So yeah. it needs to still be even. Exactly. And that's the power of storytelling and the power of teaming up with people and creating things because you might have an idea and your the person that you want to have as a co-writer or as a producer may never even have heard of the idea or the issue that you want to tackle in your film or your TV show, whichever, or whatever you decide to create, even a music video. And, you know, and you're learning. So you're learning about, situations that you've never even heard about and it's so important and that's why like I think that you would agree that like 
you should never shy away from collaborating with someone or feel like if you collaborate with someone, they're going to take away from like your spotlight. Do you know what I mean? Cause I feel exactly. like there's a lot of people on that side of things that I've come across where I've found it hard to collaborate with them because they thought that I would take out, take away from them, which is totally not true. Like, no, it, it, you know, and that's why I feel like we've, we've done so much stuff like even during COVID like even though we had to wait for a little bit like we've still done quite a bit like the TV show and everything which I don't want to reveal yet because I feel like it's so good and I'm going to say it here I'm going to be confident and I don't I don't want anyone to know about it yet do you know what I mean no I think I think it would be better if it's like a, a big reveal and like I mean obviously I spoke about it earlier about it being you know about epilepsy but yeah. that can mean anything Exactly. And yeah, I'm really, really happy with where we've, you know, gone with that. And I feel like it just, you know, with every draft, it just got better. And it's like, even during COVID, it was nice to kind of, I mean, it's obviously COVID is still around, but during that like full on lockdown, it was nice to be able to do something and like have like, you know, weekly or fortnightly or whatever it was, meetings where we could meet up and do this because, you know, I was lacking a lot of creativity. I was feeling so unproductive because you know, yeah. and that's what happens to my feature being stopped. I was like, just, you know, not in a great, you know, I wasn't in a bad mental state, but I wasn't in a great mental state, which I think a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was hard. I relate to that 100% before we started collaborating and like putting our ideas together and like doing the TV pilot and everything like that. I was in the worst like mental state like I wasn't doing anything like I was kind of like even on the verge of being like how am I going to be motivated again after leaving LA packing up my stuff and coming home how am I going to be how am I going to be motivated again and I think that's again the power of collaboration because you helped me as much as I helped you and that's that's what this industry is about you have to help each other like as much as it's it's like a competition when you go in for auditions and stuff you also have to help each other because you know, you're going to, you're going to look better on the, like, on the facade to a casting director, if they can see you and you're chill and you're normal and you're not desperate and you're helping other people, you're going to look better and you probably find yourself booking roles rather than coming in desperate and not really engaging with anyone. Yeah. Well, especially in that kind of thing. And like, even for just general meetings and stuff, people can tell when you're desperate. So you yeah. just kind of come in with this you know as much as you can confidence and just know and if you you know your friend you know for example you as an actor your friend's going for the same role and it's like okay well you know what if I can't book it I hope that they do you know like of course you know everyone's dream is to book something especially if it's a commercial that's paying you know like five thousands of dollars yeah thousands of dollars or a tv show and stuff but it's also like you know you don't know what they're looking for Exactly. And I feel like when it's your time, it's your time. And if it's someone else's time, it's their time and that's their time to shine. And that's their time to develop a character because that character was meant for them and it just wasn't meant for you. And it's no big deal because you can just, you know, you can go out again and audition again. And there's plenty of time to audition and plenty of room for every creative in the world, especially in America and overseas. I feel like Australia is a little bit harder but there's a lot of ways that you can go about like getting into the industry here as well it's not just like one thing and that's what I feel like makes Australians 
in this industry so resourceful as well like they they look at other they forced to look at other ways to be creative yeah whereas you know we know some hard-working you know international actors out there but I feel like the ones that are from like Australia and not from like maybe not from Canada as well because Canada obviously has a big film industry they we all tend to work a little bit harder because we know like whether we have to be stuck at you know a horrible job that we hate just so we can save up enough money to maybe go over and have like you know a trip there to meet people we're gonna do that we're gonna work this horrible job you know maybe work seven days a week you know for like a month so that we can afford the ticket and we can afford to go whereas you know americans might be like oh well it's not worth the investment like you know obviously that's not saying everybody's like that over there but you know i've heard stories about people and it's just like yeah for sure it's like it's it's common knowledge for for some things and i've also heard stories so that's just the way the industry can be and what you get out of it is kind of up to you in the sense like it's all at the end of the day your career is always up to you and what you put out into the universe and what you want and what you want back it's literally like your mind is your strongest most powerful kind of asset because it it will help you a lot and feel like during COVID as well it's kind of our minds have been played with a little bit but we we've gotten to the point where we can train our mind to be like no this is what I want to do this is what I have to do and this is my path this is my future I need to focus on my future and I need to get the fuck motivated yeah exactly and you've just kind of you know you've got to do it and adjust things like I did like uh goals lists for this year and I did it at the beginning of the year and then I had to like adjust it and I actually went for it again today and I was like okay well you know, there's not that much time left. Obviously, this is not going to happen because of whatever reason. And you just have to kind of adjust. But I know yeah. it's so hard, especially for me to just kind of like, and, you know, I'm sure it's like other people that, you know, are in this industry to just go, I didn't achieve that. Why yeah. did I achieve that? I be hard on yourself. And it's like, well, we've had a terrible year. Like, yeah, we have you know wise and with corona it's put like a halt to everything and you know talking about um kind of having to refocus and rejig like some things in your life i guess um on this podcast what we do is we raise awareness to um something that might like my guests want to raise awareness to to make known to the public and to people that may not be aware of certain things um but yeah and I know that you have chronic illness and like epilepsy which are both invisible disabilities and I kind of just want to hear from you like when you were diagnosed with the chronic illnesses and epilepsy and how do you cope with that yeah so I mean the the chronic illness thing has kind of been a long process and it kind of uh, actually probably started around the same time that um, I like had like I in 2019 in May I had like three seizures in a row like yeah. horrible seizures within the like stage of 24 hours like I woke up in bed and like my partner at the time and like my roommate were just standing there and like watching me and I was just like what's going on and they were like you had a seizure and like I had no recollection of it and then paramedics arrived I got to hospital they released me I went down for a nap when I got 
home and then next thing I know I wake up and there's you know I'm back in hospital and uh <laughs> pretty much well got in the ambulance to get it but then apparently I had a third one and I had no idea and this one was like mid-conversation because I was thinking mm. I had just you know when I sleep I'm gonna have a seizure um and stuff like that but it was mid-conversation and then I looked back to like 2018 when I suddenly one day like this was like December so very very close to when I had the three in a row pretty mm. much it was like I woke up on the floor essentially no idea how I got there just thought I had a bad dream in the morning I had like a large cut across my head so I banged it on something and now <laughs> you all just was like yeah that was probably a seizure um and stuff like that and I guess just like that kind of took the toll and like took a toll on me mentally yeah. and physically and like you know I had a couple other things happen that year like I went for a really bad breakup I had a couple other things going on and it was like just kind of slowly started to develop because I've got like so many things. I've got really low blood pressure. I've got chronic fatigue. I've got fibromyalgia. I can't say that word apparently. Yeah. Um, I've got like this other thing and I keep syncope something and it's like chronic fainting. So it's kind of, it's so hard and they kind of developed for so long. And I just thought, oh, it's just because I'm, you know, working lots, even though I wasn't working mm. that much and no doctor would take me seriously. Like I knew what it was, I knew what was going on, you know, and then I found a really good doctor and they kind of, they do this thing called a tilt table test because they thought it might be this other thing called POTS. And then within like five minutes of doing the test and basically they just push you up and then they put, put you back down and they put something in. Within five minutes of it, I nearly passed out. Um, yeah. My blood pressure was like unrecognizable and then they kind of were like, oh yeah, this is definitely it. Um, so, you know, and, yeah. and the worst thing is you have to go through all these processes before they actually find yeah. what it is. And that's, that's, that's the same with epilepsy because you're not, not everyone is born with epilepsy and having seizures. So when you're not born with it, it's even more complicated because they don't know how you just all, all of a sudden gotten it and you can get it from anything. You can get it from having an injury and things like that. But yeah. I guess what I want to ask you is with the invisible disabilities and the chronic illnesses, do you find yourself always having to justify to people why you may not have as much energy as someone else? And is that, yeah, um, I mean, it's aligned with like your creative lifestyle as well. Like, have you had um, a similar experience of um, maybe like a producer or someone not understanding why you're not, you don't have as much energy? Um, I've hidden it like a lot on kind of sets, uh, but, and stuff like that, because I don't want, like, I didn't want a lot of people to kind of know and like kind of judge me. So I kind of got a bit scared and like, you know, obviously I try and be as professional as possible. So I don't let it show as much like, um, but it, it's hard because people are like, oh, they don't understand when I might cancel something or be like. I just don't have the energy or like my back is so sore. I cannot do like anything. I cannot move. Um, yeah. You just don't have the stamina to like keep going. Yeah. That don't have the, you know, and I have to take more resting time. Like, for example, like, you know, you may be able to, for example, be able to just sit down and like write for like, you know, three hours, you know, no problem, not use any energy, that kind of stuff or like not use as much. Whereas me, my mind you know, because it's not just like being tired all the time or, you know, I should say fatigued all the time. It's like my intention span is like, it just goes, I can't focus on things at time. It's, it's, it's like, it takes me longer to process things sometimes. 
so it's kind of like they didn't really understand it that much um at uni either and so it's kind of like I'll have to ask something like a couple of times sometimes and people will kind of be like oh you don't know this or I'll miss something mm. obvious I mean I don't know because obviously with corona I haven't really been <laughs> back at set that much so it's a bit harder to kind of tell but um yeah, yeah. some positives like shame around it like having this invisible disability or you know illness is like shameful and because it's invisible people don't take it seriously either yeah it's it's actually like so frustrating but um i guess my next question and um what i kind of want to end this podcast this episode with today is what would you like like what would you tell someone who may be listening to this who has the same conditions and just can't seem to get out of that downward spiral and like even for someone who doesn't what can they do like how can they help I think raising awareness about it for someone who doesn't have it is like such a big thing and listening to someone like if they say they have it don't just be like oh you're just tired you're just overworked because it's so much more than that and I think kind of just you know starting the conversation is the big thing especially around you know epilepsy as well it's like you don't you don't see it um as much and be you know cautious and then I think for anybody who kind of has it out there or very similar things or any kind of disability that maybe gets overlooked it is just like surround yourself with people who will understand and don't let it stop you like there's always ways around things like whether you have to take a little bit more break you know and stuff like that to kind of you know get a screenplay done or get editing or something like that there's just work out what works for you exactly I'm so lucky that we're in this time and this um we're in you know nearly 2021 and we're we're getting to that point where finally people are understanding it and it might not be to the level that we want it but you know people are progressing and people are doing their research and you know for now that's all that we can ask for really because it's starting this they're starting to move towards um, steps that are going to help us feel safer as both people with in the invisible disabilities yeah for sure awesome well thank you so much for coming on today i really appreciate it and i'm sure that what was said today will help you know anyone out there and you know will will actually help someone really realize what they actually want to do in their lives and you know okay. doesn't yeah. It doesn't just have to be acting and it can be production and, you know, whatever it is, I feel like whatever industry you're in, you can relate to. And, you know, as Australians, we just need to be told that this, you can do anything. Do you know what I mean? I feel like, yeah, this, the tall poppy syndrome is a big stigma around here. And I feel like you coming on today and, and literally telling us that you have multiple different things that you do will inspire like audiences that listen to this that they can do that the same well let's hope yeah so thank you so much and i cannot wait to see what you do next awesome thanks zoe thank you so much for listening to this let me talk episode please subscribe and leave a review below 
We can't wait for you to listen in on more exciting conversations with all our upcoming guests. If you have any specific requests on any guests that you want to hear from, please follow our Instagram at letmetalk underscore podcast and leave a message in the inbox or a comment on a recent post.